It begins with openness. The willingness to come alongside someone else. To pour out. Care. Invest. It's about sharing the journey. Doing life. Together. Growing. Forging. Becoming. It's about selflessness. Caring enough to walk through the valley. Even when it's painful. To love people as Christ has loved us. It's rejoicing when they rejoice. Hurting when they hurt. Being a hand. An encourager. A friend. We were not created to wander alone. For as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all in here. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Eric, for leading this morning, and then everyone who take part of the service. I really appreciate it, especially the Guatemala team. You are all here, so our prayers is on you. So, uh, and then another apology is because we don't have a band today, so we use the, the recorded worship today because so some of the old band members are sick. So I thought about it. It's, could be another one man sure Sunday. <laughs> but I just decided just let's focus the one thing and then I can use what I did before. So hopefully it works for you this morning. And anyway, <clears throat> I just remember in my back. So when I became a junior high student five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And joined the youth group, I met a man named Dong Jin in youth group, who is four years older than me. And he played guitar in the youth band and then showed good leadership in a leadership group and started electronic engineering at the university later. I respect him, and I wanted to imitate everything he did. After graduating from junior high, I went to senior high, and I bought a guitar and practiced. Actually, it was a $30 guitar that my mom bought for me. But I remember that wonderful guitar, first my first guitar. And I became a team leader playing the guitar in the youth band and worked in the leadership group of the church youth groups and found myself starting electrical engineering at the same school as Dong Jin started, which I never intended. Many many years later, after starting my pastor ministry, I took the pastor Andy Stanley of Nurse Point Church in US as my pastor model. Above all, I love this message, which was unshakable and logical. And I love this very casual style of preaching. I read his books and listened to his sermons countless times. 
When I was doing young adult ministry at the Korean church, my preaching style was almost like Andy Stanley, except for his height. His tall. <clears throat> Strangely, I can imitate his Texas accent when I preach in Korean, but it's hard in English. <clears throat> I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> but this is the another question I want to give you this morning. Have you ever received the confession from someone in your life? I want to be like you. Have you? Two. Woo. If you live your life and someone sees your life and wants to be like you, maybe you're a decent person, maybe you're a great person. Sometimes young parents with the young children ask me questions, think of, thinking about what to do to raise their children well. Most of the questions parents ask are, what kind of education they should give their children? What kind of experience they should give their children? What kind of school they should send them to? Most of my answers are like this. Live your own life without shame. What a worst answer is that. <laughs> Live a righteous life, especially as a Christian. Put more effort and energy into living your life right. Above all, live right so that your children can see your life and hear the confession that they want to live like you. And the children themselves will know what to do and in what direction to live. And parents just need to support and pray for their decisions. But I know still the hardest things to say after becoming a parent is live like your dad. Live like me. Isn't it? These days, when we don't know something, what we do? Exactly. So we immediately turn to Google or YouTube. The answers to almost every question are there. <laughs> Maybe we don't live in a world where we don't know the answer. We know the answers to almost every question, but aren't we still living a frustrating life? There are many questions and answers about faith in the church, but it doesn't completely change our lives. Why? Today, I will try to find the reason in the scripture we are going to read together. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, to chapter 11, verse 1, together. This is not longer, longer Bible script verses, so I want to read together. Can you do that for me? No? No volunteers? <laughs> Would you put on there? We're going to read together. Ready? Go. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, to try to please everyone in everything I do, I don't just do what is best for me, 
I do what is best for others, so that many may be saved. And you should me imitate me, just as I imitate Christ. Ian, please would you put, please keep verse one on the screen. Why did Paul say imitate me? Paul wasn't being arrogant. He did not think of himself as sinless. However, at this time, the Corinthian believers did not know much about the life and ministry of Christ. Paul could not tell them to imitate Jesus because the gospel had not yet been written. So they did not know what Jesus was like. The best way to point these new Christians to Christ was to point them to Christian whom they trusted. Paul had been in Corinth almost two years and had built a relationship of trust with many of these new believers. However, even considering that he was the Apostle Paul, it would not easy to say, imitate me. Shouldn't he have at least have a basis that no one can deny? I believe that the verses, what we read already in verse 31 to 33, are the basis of his confidence. Let me read this verse again. I'm going to read it one more time. He said, so whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others, so that many may be saved. I believe the poor central message in this passage and the Bible's central message for believers in all ages is summarized in verse 31. It says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Theologian and pastor John MacArthur, he mentioned about this verse like this one. He said, when we are faced with the decision about a practice, we should first ask if we have a right to do it. If it is not forbidden in scripture, the answer is yes. But our next question should be, is it profitable, edifying, and upbuilding for ourselves and for others? If the answer to both questions is yes, then we can do it to God's glory. If the answer to either question is no, we cannot do it to his glory. Do you agree with this? Our living, our life should be so righteous, loving, and selfless that we give no offense either to Jews or to Gentiles or to the church of God, based on what Apostle Paul said. Those three groups cover all the humanity. No action of ours should prevent an unbeliever from coming to Christ or should cause a weak brother 
and sister in Christ to stumble. That many people are offended by the gospel is their problem. But when they are needlessly offended by our way of living, that is our problem. And it dishonors the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23, the Apostle Paul talks about specific actions, what he took. I'm going to read that one. He said in verse 19, he said, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jews' law, I live under the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles, who do not follow the Jews' law, I to live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find the common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in his blessing. As I said, Apostle Paul had lived and ministered in Corinth for around two years. And the believers there knew him well. He is saying, you remember how I lived when I was with you. Live like that yourself. Paul's goal was to bring people to salvation. He was willing to set aside anything for that. Paul does not mean that he will compromise the truth of the gospel in order to please everybody, but that he will consider his fellow men and not cause anyone's conscience to be offended by his daily life. As a result, keeping the person from receiving the gospel. I believe this is the bottom line for this sermon. The reason Paul was so confident and successful in his Christian living in general was that he was an imitator of Christ, the supreme example of one who set aside his rights for the sake of others the one who emptied himself, taking the form of a born servant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Paul called the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitated the humiliation, Christ. As I look back on my life, I try to be like Dongjin, Andy Stanley, and Apostle Paul, and Christ. So I can ask this one to you this morning. Who are the names you were trying to resemble? And also I look back on my eight years of ministry here at the BBC. I wonder 
if my name will be on anyone's list. And also today I ask myself a question. Can you confidently say to your friends, neighbors, and family, imitate me as I imitate Christ? I hope this is your challenge for this week and in your entire life. And then live like what Apostle Paul lived. Work hard. I try. And you try as well. Amen. Amen.